0: Hello, and welcome to Twilight Thoughts. My name is Bryce, and I'll be your host for today. We'll begin in a moment, but first I'd like to let you know that soon you will be entertained by news, reports, scandal, and of course, speculation. Bryce the Tower, we are ready for takeoff. Hey guys, so I have been trying very, very hard to get me and my brother's schedule to line up and get him and his wife in here to talk about Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Clearly, that hasn't happened yet. And because I don't want to get too far away from when I actually went to talk about it, I'm gonna go ahead and talk about it now. And instead of getting three different opinions and views of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, unfortunately, you just get mine. So here we go. Galaxy's Edge opened on August 29th. And I was at work. I couldn't get off. I had to be in Cape Coral. So unfortunately, I wasn't able to make the three-hour drive to get up there and go to Galaxy's Edge. Now, here's the thing. The first land that I remember being at for its opening at a park was Pandora, the World of Avatar, which was a complete and utter nightmare. So that kind of became my litmus test. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what I judge all of these park openings off of. Hey, Pandora was nuts. Galaxy's Edge is going to be nuts. Pandora was nuts. Toy Story is going to be crazy. So I was really curious. Hey, I can't be there opening day, but I can jump onto my Disney app and see what's going on in terms of wait lines. If I can see the wait lines, I can get an idea of how busy it actually is. 300 plus minutes for Smuggler's Run. And I say 300 plus minutes because at the 300 minute mark, what they were doing is essentially taking FastPass reservations for people to come back and wait on a virtual line. That way it didn't show, hey, we have a five hour line or something like that because that's crazy. And Disney had recently come out and said that if you have wait lines of 10 hours plus as a land, as an attraction, you failed. That's a failure. And they were talking about the Hagrid roller coaster over in Universal. So they're throwing a little bit of shade, but they also don't want to have that kind of come back and bite them. Universal going like, hey, you told us not to have a six-hour wait, and look at you, you have a 12-hour wait. That's ridiculous. We're better than you are. So they get dumped on virtual lines. The line never goes over 300 minutes. All right, I see what you're doing. But the rest of the park, 15-minute waits, 10-minute waits, Rock and roller coaster was the longest with a 20-minute wait. Rock and roller coaster. Are you serious? I haven't seen rock and roller coaster under a 30-minute wait in probably three years. To the point where if I'm not going as a single rider or I don't have a fast pass, I'm not going. Simple as that. So that's crazy to me. So at about a month out, I jumped online and I saw that you could make reservations for Oga's Cantina and Savi's workshop, right? Where you go build the lightsabers. I really wanted to build a lightsaber, I heard it's an experience, I heard it's an experience that you have to try, so I'm like, alright, you know what, I think it's expensive, but I'm going to just go ahead and do it. I'm thinking 100 130 maybe $150, nah, 200 bucks. 200 plus with tax, that's, that's a lot of money and I couldn't bring myself to do it. But me and Chris had gotten reservations for the 31st at noon, and I was like, alright, well, I'm going to have to cancel these. And I did. And it was a good thing that I did, because not only was it too expensive for what me and Chris were trying to do at the time, but we also had Hurricane Dorian just kind of spinning out in the Caribbean, not really sure where it was going to go. So, cut our losses, cancel the reservation. It's well within the cancellation period, doesn't cost me and Chris anything, we're good to go. Cool. So, we don't go. Then comes Sunday, with the next day being Labor Day. Jamie, just for kicks and giggles, jumps online and goes, Oh, hey, I can get reservations to Oga's Cantina for tomorrow at 930. Do you want to go? And I'm looking at my computer monitor thinking, Man, all of these models are showing this storm going right up the coast, not touching Central Florida. Disney should be fine. Odds are it's going to be a pretty quiet day because not many people will go because of the storm. Yep, go ahead. Pull the trigger. Let's go. And we went. We got there at 9.30 in the morning and I was stoked. I could not be more excited. I made sure that neither one of us had bags. That way we're not messing around with baggage check. Ran in. Let's get to Galaxy's Edge. And that's exactly what we did. We beelined it right back there and we got in line for Smuggler's Run immediately. As soon as we could find it, which honestly took us a minute because just new area. Didn't know our way around just kind of scoping it out a little bit, you know, looking around. And it was really interesting. And first thing in the morning, it was cool to walk onto Galaxy's Edge. It really does feel like this alien wilderness area. It's just so unfamiliar, even though obviously you're still on Earth. You're just transported to Batu, and it's awesome. So we waited in line, and the line said it was about 90 minutes, and we ran through it. It was incredible. The speed that they got you through this line was like nothing I had ever seen before. I really did expect to waste my entire morning online for this one ride. Meanwhile, we got through it in 60 minutes. I was floored. I really was. And it wasn't like, oh my God, this is incredible. Look at this. Look at that. Oh, wow. The time flew by, which honestly it did because there is a lot that you can look at. There's a lot you can interact with. There's even a little RPG you can play while you're in line in Omba 2, but I'm gonna have to talk to you guys about that some other time because unfortunately when I plugged my phone into the charger in the car on the way up to Orlando, uh, the charger fell out and I didn't realize it, so my battery when I got there was at 8%. So I couldn't really play the mobile based game because my mobile was dead, but in any case the line still moved very, very fast. And it didn't even feel like an hour that you were on the line. I remember looking at Jamie and going, oh my God, is this the loading area already? And sure enough, game over, it was done. Couldn't have been happier about that. Now, I've been hearing mixed reviews about Smuggler's Run just in general. And I gotta tell you, from my perspective, I don't see it. I don't understand why. However, both times that I went, I was a pilot, and I've been told that the pilot is hands down, bar none, the best position to be in. And I gotta tell you, it's a lot of fun, man, it is extraordinary. But I'm getting ahead of myself, I'll get back to that here in a minute. Walking onto the Falcon, you walk down a gangway like you're going onto a plane, and then all of a sudden you're in the hangar of the Falcon, and you're like, oh my god, I'm in the movie. It feels so authentic from the chessboard game that they have in the middle there that you can actually sit down and kind of take pictures at. You're free to wander about the Falcon while you're waiting to get on the ride. And what's really cool is the detail that they put into this waiting area, right? Think over to another ride, just real quick, to Star Tours, okay? Now, what's interesting about Star Tours is that, again, it's Star Wars, just like Smugglers Run, but if you look at the ductwork on the spaceship that R2 and C-3PO are working on, you can tell it's plastic, right? Oh, I can go up there and ting, 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 knock on it and it's plastic. Now, if you're in the Millennium Falcon over at Smuggler's Run, if you go up and you see a tube, it's a plastic tube. It looks like you could shoot air through it. It's so so cool and it's the little details like that that really bring the thing to life and make you feel like you are on the actual falcon so after you meet with french jack sparrow the second time that's when you enter the cockpit and it's something to behold honestly it is really really cool the one thing that i wish is that the screen was on when you enter the room because when you enter the room you can tell oh i'm looking at a screen Not, I'm looking into a garage or anything like that, looks a bit awkward, especially for how immersive and how realistic the rest of the ride is. So Smuggler's Run uses two different pilots, one that kind of starts the engines and gets everything going, and that one also goes left and right. And then you have the right pilot, who makes the ship go up and down, and he also jumps to light speed. Then you have your two gunners, and they're going to take out enemies throughout the experience then after that you have two engineers and the two engineers are going to fix the ship as you break it because you will and then they're also going to score the cargo for you i have heard that the engineer is the worst because it essentially feels like you're pressing magic buttons that don't do anything and that's unfortunate because i can't speak to the gunner but the pilot it's the best it's the best I have said this a number of times on my podcasts and just in general, I'm not a big Star Wars guy. I am not the biggest Star Wars fan in the world, but even for someone like me, to be able to hit the ignition switch and feel the Falcon take off underneath me, it's pretty cool. For me to go, hey, I'm going to go left and then watch the ship bank left, it's solid. The mission is on rails, but... It doesn't feel like it, because even if it's telling you to go down and you decide, hey, I'm going to go up, the ship goes up. There's nothing you can do about it. And it's, it's so cool. It is so cool to be able to say, yeah, I flew the Falcon. Yeah, I crashed it. You're dang right I crashed it. I almost destroyed it, but I flew it. And it's so much fun. It's so much fun. I can only expect that the gunners have the same amount of fun doing what they're doing right behind you. But again the engineer, I've heard that spot is lacking. And that's unfortunate. That being said, the first time I wrote it, because me and Jamie did ride it twice, the first time I rode it, I was the left pilot and she was the right pilot and she hated it. We got off that ride and she's like, I don't know what all the fuss is about. I don't like this ride. I don't find it fun. You know, we'll do it if you want to do it, but it's never going to be my first go-to. I'm like, oh my goodness. Like I We had very different experiences (laughs) because I loved it. I thought it was great. So then we went exploring around Batu a little bit, and it was just really cool to go into all the shops and whatnot that they had there and see all the unique souvenirs because they are very, very unique souvenirs in there. You got some of your schlocky things in there too, but for the most part, it's really, really cool. We were able to go into the antiquity shop, and that was a lot of fun. We took a bunch of pictures in there. You can find those on our Instagram. We walked through the droid area, and that was really cool. We got to see the life-sized R2-D2, and that was awesome. But right before we go into the droid shop, we see kind of a group of people gathered around, and we look over there. And sure enough, it's two stormtroopers and Kylo Ren. And they're just harassing people. It's great. The interactions between the characters and the cast members and the guests is fantastic. I kid you not, this is the single most immersive land Disney has ever put me in. Okay? Even compared to the void, the void did not have as much immersion as this. So the way Batuu is set up, it's set up in kind of three separate parts, right? You have the resistance on one end. Then in between there, you have your Marketplace, which is where Smuggler's Run is, your Oga's Cantina, so on and so forth. And just beyond that is going to be your First Order area. Well, wherever you are is almost how you are expected to act and how the cast members act as well. So if you're in the First Order area, they're going to be more intense and they are going to be over in the Resistance. But the Resistance is going to try to recruit you. It's, it's so cool. It is so cool. So some of you guys might remember that for a while I was running a bumper in the front of my episodes that said this episode is brought to you by Palms and Parks, right? Well, Palms and Parks was my brother's t-shirt company. I would do the artwork for the t-shirts. They would come up with the ideas. Cool. Well, we did one for Kronk's Bakery, and I was wearing that shirt to Galaxy's Edge. A number of people commented on it, which was cool, but one of the cast members over in the First Order area did it, and she's like, Kronk's Bakery, is that your bakery? Like, indeed it is. She's like, so, do you deliver baked goods, then, to the First Order? I said, I deliver to all of the First Order, ma'am. She goes, who do you deliver to? I said, I deliver directly to Kylo Ren because he is such a big fan of my spinach puffs. She goes, ah, excuse me, Supreme Leader. I said, you're right, I apologize. Even though we are close, there does need to be decorum. She's like, there absolutely does. And so it was just, it's fun interactions like that that make that land... So immersive and so so worth going back to. You know what I'm saying? Because me and Jamie, after we rode Smuggler's Run, we went over, we rode Tower of Terror, we rode Rock and Roller Coaster, then we walked over to Epcot and got some food at the Food and Wine Festival. Now we really could have stayed there for the rest of the day because it's Food and Wine Festival. You can kill a lot of time and a lot of money there. But we decided to go back to Galaxy's Edge because we really wanted to experience it at night. And I am so happy that we did because when we got back there we decided to jump back on Smuggler's Run for the second time to see if Jamie would like it better a second time because there's actually people saying this is much better the second time you ride it. I don't know why that is but apparently it's true because Jamie had a much better time the second time she rode it and she was the engineer. So maybe you got to really like being the pilot in order to be the pilot. I don't know. But when we went in there, it was dusk, and so when we came out, it was obviously really quite dark. Galaxy's Edge is infinitely better at night, in the dark, than during the day. And I feel like that's true of most places. I would much rather be in Magic Kingdom at night than any other time during the day. I would much rather be on Hollywood Boulevard at night, Pandora at night, the Safari, Everest, anything... It's much better at night. Just the magic is so much more because you have all the lights and it's happy and it's different. You know, there's just such a different feel for Disney at night than there is during the day. I don't know how to explain it. I can't quantify it, but it's true. I defy you to fight me. (laughs) Now, this is when me and Jamie tried the blue milk. Now, I have this thing with blue consumables, anything blue I don't like it. It puts me off. The color blue just puts me off entirely whatever it is I'm about to ingest into my body. It could be blue beef, which would be horrific, or it could be a blue M&M. Blue M&M don't taste any different than the brown or the red or the green or the yellow or whatever, but the blue, just the color of it puts me off severely. So for me to try the blue milk, I was really, really working something here. I was really trying to to do it. Um, I didn't like it. Didn't like it all that much. It was a bit of a letdown for me. Um, I had heard the blue milk was good. I heard the green milk was horrific. And it was kind of expensive. So I couldn't really justify saying, yeah, I heard this is bad, but I'm going to try it anyway because everybody was saying, this is really, really rough. (laughs) So I'm like, eh. I'll listen to the critics, and I will go with just the blue milk. And it was alright. You know what I'm saying? It was really just okay. If you're going to compare the blue and the green milk to something like the Butterbeer over in Universal, the Butterbeer has it by far. It's not even close, in my opinion anyway. But there is something to be said of drinking that iconic blue drink from Tatooine. So, there you go. Now, obviously, I don't think that this has anything to do with the fact that it was at night, but this was the funniest interaction with a guest I got to see a character have. A stormtrooper walks up to a woman in a Chewbacca tank top, right? And he goes, Miss, you look familiar. Have you been here before? She goes, No, no, I haven't. He says, Oh, you haven't, have you? Well, you know what? You look familiar. I know the resistance is here you're here is that a coincidence i don't think so you're coming with me and he just walked her away (laughs) like she had been arrested just a random guest on property not rehearsed not planned nothing just this is happening and you just kind of gotta roll with it it was great again it's these little experiences that you're not gonna get in toy story land right you're definitely not gonna get this in magic kingdom you know what i'm saying You're not going to just have Snow White walking around and be like, Oh, would you like an apple? Or, you know, whatever it is. This is something that's so unique. And, you know, I know that that's how it is out in Disneyland, right? Where you just have the characters walking around, interacting with the different guests and whatnot. And that's fantastic. And I've wanted that experience ever since I was a kid when I found out that that's how it's done out in California. And now we are getting just a little taste of it here in Disney World. And I could not be happier. And you say, Bryce, that's fantastic. The characters are interacting with the guests. That's it. The cast members interact with the guests. That's it. No, I say. Because the characters interact with the cast members as well. And I'm going to get to that here in a minute. Because I'm just trying to go throughout the day chronologically. You know what I'm saying? Because after we saw that, me and Jamie went over to Oga's Cantina. And I got a yub nub. And Jamie got the Skyhopper. Now, the Skyhopper does not come with a souvenir mug, but I wish we could have kept that glass because that was a cool looking glass and it was an incredible drink. That drink was delicious. My yubnub took a minute to get to me and I was okay with that. You know, like I always say, you shouldn't go to a restaurant the first week that it's open and expect perfection. Because you're just hammering out all the kinks that first week. Plus, they didn't have nearly as many guests as they were expecting, really, because of the hurricane. Now, just to touch on that real briefly, I've been hearing a lot of people talk about, Oh, Galaxy's Edge is a flop. It's awful. It's going to be closed down soon. First of all, that's ridiculous. The other one that I've been hearing is, Oh, they're going to rebrand Galaxy's Edge. Absolutely not. No, they're not. They won't. Trust me, they won't. Galaxy's Edge has just had a number of misfortunes right in a row, you know? Because Galaxy's Edge out in California opened during summer, when all of the annual passes were on blackout. Not only that, but everybody, including myself, were saying, hey, it is going to be packed. It is going to be a nightmare at Disneyland when this place opens. Maybe you stay away. And it looks like people kind of listened. Then it opened up out here. And by this time, we had heard of how smooth it was out in California. The opening, I mean, you know, not a bunch of lines, not a bunch of craziness, hey, this should be okay. And we're preparing to get going, I have my reservations, we're good to go, and boom, you get hit with a hurricane. What are you gonna do? You can't predict that, you can't account for that, you know what I'm saying? So not only that, but it's also, like I've been saying from the beginning, half a land rise of the resistance is still not open so it may be that people are just kind of waiting for this whole first wave to kind of go and then december 5th comes and boom we're gonna go hit it hard because then everything's gonna be open and i understand that mentality i understand that mentality 100 percent so it'll be interesting to see what the crowd situations like come christmas really more than now but in any case that aside going into oga's cantina was really cool. The setup, the interior design of it all is really, really interesting to look at. You don't get a whole heck of a lot of time to look at it because you had 45-minute time limit. Come in, get your drink, and get out, essentially is what it felt like. Me and Jamie, even though we were in there for 30 minutes and not the whole 45 we still felt a little rushed you know what I'm saying because you're not given a chair you're up at the bar okay well that's fine do I get a bar stool? no you're gonna have to stand not only are you gonna have to stand but we're gonna cram so many people into the bar on the bar that you're gonna have to stand sideways now I'm not a small guy by any means but I'm also not a giant linebacker where I'm like oh man my width is really an encumbrance no There was just too many people in that building, you know what I'm saying, like that's all I can really say. So, yes, the decor was really cool, the atmosphere was actually a lot of fun, it felt like a bar. Is it as good as Trader Sam's? No. Uh, Trader Sam's is a very, very high bar that I doubt any bar Disney ever makes, ever, is going to top. Now, I mean, ever it may, but as of right now, nothing comes close. It's Trader Sam's and then everything else. You know what I'm saying? It's far and away the best. Then once me and Jamie did leave Oga's Cantina, you know, we're walking around a little bit. We're still sightseeing. I wanted to spend as much time in Galaxy's Edge as I could because I was like, who knows the next time I'm going to be able to actually get up here and get in this land with so few people. It was really cool. I actually was able to stick my hands both straight out, arms width, and spin and not touch anybody. It was incredible. And I told Jamie as we were headed out, you know, I said, look, we've been in all these other shops. Let's go take a look at what the resistance shops have because we haven't even given them the time of day. And they're over here by the X-Wing. Let's go look at them. So we're looking at them, you know, walking around a little bit. And Jamie almost backs up into Chewbacca, which I found funny. Thing was, Chewie didn't even notice her. He was too busy getting mad at what she was looking at. There was a shirt with his picture on it that said wanted across the front of it and it was hanging up in the resistance area. And then so he went and started yelling in his chewy way at one of the cast members and pointing at the shirt and the cast members like oh obviously you're (laughs) upset because we're advertising that you're a wanted criminal. And she goes, here, 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 I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, let me turn it around. And she took the shirt, flipped it around, and then he was happier, but he stomped off and he was clearly irritated. That was awesome. It's stuff like that you just kind of happen upon in Galaxy's Edge that you're not going to see anywhere else. You know what I'm saying? You're not going to see Buzz or Woody just talking to each other for no apparent reason. You're not going to see Woody go up to one of the army men and give him a high five. You're not going to see him walk up to Bo Peep and give her a hug. But if they were characters over in Galaxy's Edge, that is the exact thing you could expect them to do. Guys, did I love the blue milk? No. In fact, I didn't very much care for it at all. Did I enjoy Oga's Cantina? Yeah. Did I love it? No, but everything else about Galaxy's Edge that I saw and I was able to experience, I loved it. I had so much fun. I could not stop smiling. I was grinning like an idiot the entire time I was in there. When I got to pretend like I was going to throw my Coke bottle that looked like a thermal detonator to try to blow up one of the ships and get a picture of it, it made my day. Guys, Galaxy's Edge is getting a lot of hate, but for me... It doesn't. You know what I'm saying? It is a completely serviceable land that should be enjoyed. It should be experienced. Now, I will say that I did not get to try any of the food offerings that they had there, so I would like to try that next time I am up there. It was food and wine festival, people. As much as I was looking forward to Galaxy's Edge, it was food and wine festival, people. I could not pass that up. But in any case, guys, thank you so much for listening. You can find me and Chris on iTunes, YouTube, Twitter, Tumblr, and SoundCloud. We are also on Spotify and Stitcher. You can also find us on Instagram at the Nocturnal Disney Podcast, all separated by underscores. That is yours truly. Thank you for coming and looking at my pictures. And you can find Chris at Chris Ruiz co-host. Guys, again, we really appreciate you listening. And on behalf of our entire crew, thanks for soaring with us, and have a great day wherever your final destination may take you.